1: Welcome to On the Bench. I got Chris Knee and Brendan Sinone here with me. I'm Josh Newberg. Uh, FSU extends their win streak to three games with a blowout win over UMass 59-3. to three. It was an unload the bench type of day for FSU, but thank you guys for being on the bench with me today for our Instant Reaction podcast. Uh, first, Brendan, how you doing?
2: I'm great. I'm great. It was uh, fun to cover a third win in a row. That's called a winning streak where I come from. Uh, I'm a little upset about a scenario that happened in the press box earlier today. Can I share that with you real quick and get your opinions on it?
1: Absolutely.
2: All right. So they pass out Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich boxes before every home game. Today, they had chicken biscuits because it was a morning game. There's two biscuits in each box. Matt Merchell of the Orlando Sentinel did not show up. And he said, hey, you can have my box. So I took it.
1: Okay, so that's four biscuits for you.
2: Yeah, and I want to really bring home, but we only one cookie per box, and I want to bring home the cookie to my wife. One for me, one for her. Well, someone from Sports Info walked by, noticed that Mer- Matt Michelle's box was not there, said, Where is it? Chris, not being asked a question directly, volunteers that I had Matt's box, and they took the box away from me, and I was not able to ascertain. So you come
1: to this instant reaction podcast upset that Chris Nee snitched on you. Yeah, he's a
0: snitch. And I just think everyone needs to know that.
1: You could have just said that. But Chris, how you doing? All snitchy. I'm great,
0: man. And I was just trying to save my guy up there from having too much gluttony in his life.
1: <laughs> but, you know, it
0: is what it is. I, I had somebody look at me looking for an answer. I provided an answer. I saved Sinone from himself. I apologize that Ashley may not get a chocolate chip cookie yeah. No, I, you know, I, so dug no. Around
2: and, I dug around in the boxes after the game, found people who'd left theirs like a savage, and the cookie's been, been
0: acquired. We're good. So, so none no probably drives by roughly half a dozen Chick-fil-A's between here and his house, and so he could always actually mm-hmm. uh, stop and actually get one. Don't.
2: So I have to stop and wait in the Chick-fil-A line for 20 minutes for one cookie? That's stupid. Let's talk about the game.
1: I had no idea that that this energy was coming to the Instant Reaction podcast. You guys clearly spend way too much time with each other in the press box. But let's get We're recording
2: recording a a podcast if you want to say something. (laughs) That was Mike Norvell, guys. Exclusive interview.
1: Nice. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Mike, for making a brief appearance on on the bench. The Seminoles ran away with this one. Uh, 43 rushes, 369 yards, and five rushing touchdowns. Actually, five different players scored a rushing touchdown, which has never been achieved by FSU since 2013 against Nevada. Um, we saw the offense continue their efficiency. They were very good today. Brendan, what stood out to you?
2: Uh, the run game, like you said, Josh, was excellent. In you know, context, UMass is pretty awful in most areas, but still, they ran the ball well. Offensive line, even while being dinged up, uh, was, was able to give the guy – uh, two weeks off of the ankle injury against UNC. Uh, I'm going by the Sod Cemetery again, and guess what, guys? It's happening. Um, but you know what really stood out about the offensive attack, man? Was the downfield blocking. And that's like where you can tell buy-in of a team and culture. And it, it's a dynamic that you can control. Regardless of opponent, like that's where effort and technique really shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be the strongest, biggest, you know, best player to, to go ahead and help out your teammate downfield. They did that really well. I'm really looking forward to going back and watching the game because I think that that made the difference between like a 10 yard run versus like a 20, 30 yard run a couple of times in the game. That was good to see.
1: Yeah. Uh, Chris, to you, the defense started the game in a very precarious situation after that Travis J fumble on the kick return. Um, They only gave up three points on the day, though. What did you see from Adam Fuller's defense on Saturday?
0: Well, for a uh, second consecutive game, they came up with some big plays. For for example, a couple of interceptions they had on today. Jamie Romson, and Jarvis Brownlee each grabbing one. Mm-hmm. Brownlee turning his into points. I think the other thing, and Amari Gaynor talked about it in the post game, they didn't allow one bad play to become two. And that was an issue for them so much early in the year. And they didn't have that happen today. So, I mean, UMass is dreadfully bad, if we're being honest. But <laughs> hmm. it it was a – it was a positive showing for the defense because it was a complete showing.
2: You know what? Real, real quick, out of all three of us in our pregame predictions, Josh, I think you're the only one that had FSU covering. Yeah. Uh, it, there was at one point UMass is warming up, and I look at Chris, and I'm like, I, I think we made a horrible mistake. <laughs> like, this team does not look very <laughs> – Jacksonville State looked like it had more athletes than, than UMass did. So, yeah, live and learn.
1: How many covers is uh, it, has FSU had this season?
2: Oh, this I know mean, in the last four years, they've only covered when they're favored 30% of the time. I'm not sure about this year
0: specifically, Josh, yeah. but they, they, don't, they don't cover as favorites very
1: often. No, it doesn't seem like they do that very often, but today they were pretty dominant. Um,
0: I will say one funny thing about score predictions that kind of speaks to this team and where we're at with them and the growth process. I picked them to give up, I think, 14 Basically, Mm -hmm. I expected them to give up one touchdown drive and then a cheap play. Just because that's who they have been traditionally in recent years. They're getting away from that. I think that's a positive. I mean, UMass is bad, but usually, you know, reserves come in, you give up a drive, or early on they hit a trick play for a big play. That didn't happen. They get down there in the red zone, Robinson gets a pick. They're driving, Brownlee gets a pick. They force turnover on downs. You know, it's UMass, so it, that's a caveat to everything. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a positive that we're seeing them not stack negative plays on top of each other, which was such an issue in recent seasons and even earlier in this one. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to make too much of it because it's UMass. <laughs> Have I said that? But, uh, you know, I do think that's a positive for them as a whole.
1: Yeah, no doubt. There was a lot of positives today. And we also got to see a lot of, a lot of players play a lot of guys that we don't see get a ton of reps. We got to see them. Uh, Brendan, who off the bench stood out to you today? And I know you're going to go, you guys are going to go back and we'll dig into this more on Monday, but just off the, off the top, who stood out?
2: Let's start with Chubba Purdy, right? That's who everyone wants to, to talk about as the backup quarterback and uh, Chubba
0: Purdy was perfect. On the day, oh, God. Was, I knew you. I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to do it. You used it on Twitter. You had to come back to it. You Just can't it failed walk away on Twitter.
1: What made you think it was going to be a success on the podcast?
2: Uh, the likes and retweets say otherwise. And also, Chris, your snitch, your opinion doesn't matter for the next 48 hours. Uh, Ch- Jumbo Purdy was five of five on the day. Two touchdowns. Uh, I think 98 yards. It was good for a passer rating of 396.6. Uh, again, it was UMass. Have we mentioned that today? But he, he came out, he hit the passes that were there from design throws. He looked sharp. And the thing that I'm going to take away from this game mm-hmm. was the way his teammates responded to him before he got in the game afterwards. I mean, he's warming up. McKenzie Milton comes, gives him a pat on the butt. And, and basically, it was McKenzie Milton who who said with FSU up big, he told Coach Norvell at halftime, it's like, hey, put in put in Shubba, put in Tate. Let them get some some reps. And that's like when we're looking at big picture stuff, Josh, I think that's what's important. So, okay, you have a quarterback right. that, you know, that you – that, yeah, you're trying to develop and see what you have with him. And that's big. Um, But as you're trying to salvage the season and get to a bowl game, like that's all stuff that's important too. So yeah, Chubba Purdy getting there playing well was good. My boy Jordan Young talked about him this week and him, him having a good week of practice. He gets a touchdown reception. That was good to see. He's still engaged. Uh, Lawrence Philly, DJ Williams getting in, in on the mix. You know, they've had a good week or two of practice. So you know, I think it was really exciting to see Josh, like guys on offense showed up and, and we've seen this trend kind of developing for the last week or two. And I think that things that are happening in practice, just translating over to games, um, you know, it's been a while since that's happened. So that's good to see.
1: Mm-hmm. Chris. I'm, really,
0: I'm really glad you asked Sinone for one example, and he gave you like five. That doesn't well, narrow. You know he was going mean, to try to
1: hog everything. That's just I mean, the kind of mood he's in today. Stitches like get stitches.
0: Point, I feel like at this point I have to go David Stickle because I think he's like the only one left. Oh, David Stickle did kind of set the FSU internet on the fire when he uh, came in that center. People were like, "Who is this guy?" Mm-hmm. Uh, converted, converted walk-on Titan. I'm sorry, it's
2: Chris is Chris complaining that I rambled Not on an answer and, and and took over too many things instead and jumped ahead? Is that what's happening? Hey, quit interrupting, cookie whore.
1: I, I, um, I hear, I smell a divorce on the way. But go ahead. This, this
2: Clemson
0: road trip next week is going to break us. Oh going <laughs> to sleep all the time while driving. <laughs> Um, I was going to say Lawrence Tofilly, but I think that was one of Snow's 17 players that he mentioned. It was. So since I can't use him, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying I't think here. Since my answer got taken. All right, like I a got a, I got a
1: better question. Uh, a no, more... no, no, no.
0: G- give me a second. I'm of somebody. I I feel like there's somebody on defense that I can single out as doing well. Marcus Cushney, 1.5 sacks. Hey, it, he did make the most of his opportunity. Good for him. He led the team in sacks. He for was balls um yeah no go on to the next question i was gonna say all Ted right Philly. i thought he capitalized
1: do you guys think oh well dj williams got off the bench and did something to yeah and,
0: you know andrew perchman also made the most of the reps he got there you go and he's got he's a guy that you know much maligned hasn't done a whole lot but i think it's good that the times he did touch it he made an effort to do more with it so mm-hmm. a little bit of growth
1: Okay, so the pressing question now is do we see McKenzie Milton again in a, in a meaningful situation, or is Chubba Purdy now kind of put in in the number two spot?
0: Well, you know, I, I don't know if they viewed that as meaningful in the sense of it being important towards victory. Mm-hmm. I think this was more about giving guys an opportunity to grow. You know, say they're in a tight situation and JT gets banged up and they got to go with somebody else. I don't know. I don't know if they would go Purdy over Milton or Milton over Purdy.
1: Um, I think, think today was real- that, you know, I think the fact, let's say Jordan Travis goes down against Clemson in the third quarter and it's a seven-point game either way. Yeah. I feel like today kind of signified the passing of the torch. I, I kind of got that feeling when Mackenzie Milton get, didn't get any reps. I,
0: I, well, I, I think, think there's some of other- the Milton was trying to be like a GA today. He wanted to give young guys their opportunity in a game where it was completely prepared for young guys to enter the game. If it's a super competitive situation, I don't know. I truthfully, I'm not sure. And it's something I've thought about predating the UNC game, for example, because we've just not been sure how prepared Milton is to play at a high level consistently because of health. Um, But I think Milton's the guy that they still might go to in that situation because he's been in that situation. And the other thing with Purdy is I think they're trying to have a natural growth curve with Purdy now here this year, not like last year. Last year he got thrown in the fire. It was such a rush. Had to do it. It was the only option available to him. I think they're trying to avoid doing that to the kid a second time over. I think they want Purdy to be put in situations where he can have success, build confidence, get reps do work. I don't know if that crunch time third quarter is a moment against Clemson. Now, if Milton goes in and struggles two drives in a row and it's not Mm -hmm. working, do I think they go to Purdy? Yeah, I think they would very quickly do so, but I don't know that they definitely go Purdy over Milton to answer that question.
1: Brendan, do you agree with that?
2: Yes, I I think that Milton, in the scenario you uh, drew up there, Josh, I think Milton would come in. Mm -hmm. I think if it's something that they had a week of a game plan, or it was a long term, you know, say J Trav's out for a couple of weeks, then I think it would be pretty long term. Does that make sense? Like, I think, I think, yeah. Milton would come in for a series or two in a game. Uh, if it was a fingernail got ripped off or something, but mm-hmm. if it was an ACL for for Jordan or something, you know, awful where he was out for a while, then then shovel I think, would be the long term uh, investment there.
1: All right. So, you guys have said once or twice that this was just UMass. So, um, That being said, FSU goes on the road to face Clemson next Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Was there anybody um, that stood out to you that maybe gets more reps against Clemson just based off of today's performance?
0: No, I I think they like the rotation they have, guys that they're using, guys they're leaning upon. I think they've almost, almost narrowed it on the defensive side of the ball in the sense of the secondary guys they really trust in certain situations so I don't think there's a guy that elevated himself necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think today was about giving that depth some film to look at some things to learn from and just not allowing them to always have idle hands but no, I don't I don't think anybody really gets elevated now, you know, say Dylan Gibbons got banged up in this game. He can't play next week. Did they go Brady Scott there? Did they like what they saw from Zane Hearing when Zane came in in place of Brady who slid out to tackle when Darius Washington got knocked for a second but Darius came back in um, I don't know. That, that's a scenario that's more interesting to me, but I don't think anybody elevated and kind of stole a spot or changed the depth chart.
1: Well, we'll find out about Dylan Gibbons and his availability this Thursday on the newest episode of Big Man, Big Heart. How about that for a plug? Uh, Brendan.
2: Or if go, you guys want to talk about bourbon, bourbon on a budget. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> go into a little bit more depth on the offensive line rotation because Dylan Gibbons did go down early. We saw Darius Washington go down. We saw him play in, I believe he was at, both tackle positions at one point what was okay, going on with the rotation up front
2: yeah it's funny this was their sixth starting offensive line combination in seven games this season I believe and I was like all right at least they're going in with what they exited UNC game with Devon Love Taylor uh, wasn't able to go I think he was there like a break in case of an emergency sort of deal mm-hmm. was dressed out but like he, he was someone who wasn't able to go a lot in the last you know two weeks of practice so uh, but anyways yeah they went in with the lineup that they They exited UNC one with, uh, and that was with Bavion Johnson not being 100%. And then you lose Dylan Gibbons pretty early on. You put Brady Scott in at left guard. Then you lose uh, Darius Washington for like a series and a half. He got like a cut or something. There was blood on his jersey. So it looked like it was nothing too serious. He was able to come back in. Uh, But at one point, yeah, you had Brady Scott, then slides over to left tackle. Zane Heron goes to left guard. So they have probably gone with like a dozen different offensive line combinations this year. Yeah, after the game, Mike Ravel said it's been challenging for the offensive line mm-hmm. in terms of just going with all the mixing and matching and guys being injured. And yeah, man, it's just, you know, it is what it is this year. I think it shows that they still, that the depth isn't quite where they want it to be. And they've just, they've just had a lot of injuries and, and bad luck going into it as well. But, you know, they've made do the last few weeks. I think that's the important takeaway is they, they have figured out what they can do with that group. Um, so that's something at least.
1: Mm. We also have recruit reaction rolling in right now on Knowles 24-7. A.J. Duffy has chimed in. I'm fired up. It's a step in the right direction. Seems like we're getting better every game. Um, bunch of others have chimed in. Jalen Early, Thomas Castellanos, Omar Graham with Terrence Welch, Jacarius Um, Go check out Knowles 24-7 for that and all of the game breakdowns. You guys um, had a busy day today. Now we go on the road to Clemson. Who's driving?
2: I'm getting the rental no. cars, so so me pretty much yeah maybe we'll let Chris drive a little bit but I got it
1: You, you, you know yeah, my boy, you. my
2: boy has been on all the road games this year so I want to give him a little bit of a break and I'll uh, take care of driving let him just sit there and, and chill
1: Okay great sh- <laughs>
0: All
1: right anything else to add Chris before we get out of here on this instant reaction podcast
0: No I think we're good it, it was nice to see FSU play as they should against the opponent they were playing I think that was the best thing about Mm -hmm.
1: it today. Yeah, I think that's a very underrated statement because a game like this, it should be a cakewalk. But so many times, I mean, hell, just the season, Jacksonville State, so many times it's not only a cakewalk, but it's it's a challenge. So Florida State dominates 59-3. to We'll be back on Monday after the rewatch. Thank you guys all for listening to On the Bench. We'll be back Monday.